Hello and welcome. You're listening to Credo on Radio Maria with me, Tim Hutchinson, and with Sarah Dan Nordwell. Hello, Sarah. Hello. I'm so happy to be here on National Poetry Day. Thank you, Tim. Yes, and Credo is a program that nourishes you in your faith, and today we're going to be nourishing you in your faith through poetry, um, yes. which is something I don't think we have done before on Credo. I'm pretty sure you haven't been on Credo before, have you? No, I haven't actually. But um, as someone was saying to me the other day, about two thirds of the Bible is poetry. So in a way, it's uh, really suitable to have poetry as a way into our faith. Yes, I completely agree. Um, why don't we begin with a prayer? Yeah, that's a lovely idea. So <clears throat> shall we begin with um, just a reminding some of the new listeners that we set them, uh, the listeners a challenge on Tuesday to write poetry in response to the theme of refuge, because that is the this year's theme for National Poetry Day, and seen through the eyes of our faith, or our experience of the world seen with the eyes of faith. And so in response to this challenge, um, we had a cutoff point of noon today. Um, one of the uh, first poems that came in was from Valerie, and she has written a beautiful poem called The Garden Feast. And uh, I can tell you a little bit about it later, but I was absolutely delighted with it. So let's just hear it. Let's do that. Okay, so this is... Um the garden feast. Just to say that we asked people to send in voice notes as well as text. So um, is that working for us, Tim? Yes. Is it playing? It is just one moment. The um, garden feast. Lovely. There it is. Early to watch the sunrise, perching ourselves awkwardly on an old bench made narrow by a missing front plank. And as we drank our coffee, we talked about the coming heat wave, the strangeness of the weather, and the threat of climate catastrophe. Make the most of it, you said. It will be unbearable later. So we turned our attention to the garden, where the morning chorus was in full sway, with diverse species of bird giving heartfelt hungry praise to the day. And as dawn spread gently over the scene, we found ourselves surrendering to a kind of wooing of goldfinches and robins, of blackbirds and blue tits, and of the pigeons' soft cooing. This is a feast, I said, make the most of it. So we did, and we sipped contentedly on the buzz of passing bees, and tasted with delight the sight of the oxeye daisies running through the long grass just beyond the gate. More delicious still were the roses, which, wet with dew, by some miracle of refraction, shone sapphire blue from a certain angle, like glimpses of heaven. When we'd finished our coffee, we went out into the world, still dwelling in the joy of God's stronghold, and we set ourselves to oversee that care of his creation, which is, as he makes it and gives it, eternally, so very good. So, mm. 
That's just so gorgeous, isn't it? <clears throat> and that'll be the first time you heard that, Tim. And uh, I just think the way Valerie knows how to shelter in the, like the sacramental nature of nature is really, really gorgeous. And uh, Valerie um, wrote poetry before she became a Catholic. But she said to me that after she'd become a Catholic, she found a new language. Mm. And in writing for and being listened to by other Catholics, she discovered, and Christians of all kinds, she discovered that she'd not only found her voice, but found a place where she could be understood for the first time. So I think uh, that's a beautiful witness to the, the communion that you can experience through finding your own words to express the beauty of things. Yeah, no, it, it's really beautiful. I, I love the the description of the different birds that's something mm. that jumped out at me when i when i listened to that the gold finches right in the beginning in the middle there is lovely. it's so lovely and you know because she's out in the countryside in hawkley and an an oak tree fell over the road and has cut off all their electric supplies in order to get that poem to us she had to go into her husband's van and find a phone charger and charge oh, it up wow. just to send it to us so i was really excited that these poems are reaching us in all different means some by text and some by voice note and in fact the next person who sent us a poem um, is Wendy, who I met uh, just after going on a lovely retreat to Plus Pluskerden Abbey. And I met Wendy and her lovely husband, Raymond, who taught me all about pigeons and pigeon racing. And <laughs> it was a wonderful taste of nature in a whole new way. And Wendy has recorded this, her a first poem in a very long while on uh, a WhatsApp message, and it's the first WhatsApp message she's ever sent, and she sent it for us. And I just wanted to encourage everybody, as I did Wendy, when you're writing about uh, anything, it's just about coming straight from your heart. I think someone once said, prayer is just not telling lies to God. Oh. And that's what poetry is too, just telling the truth. So let me know uh, when you've got that yep, lined up, because it's a gorgeous, simple poem. Here you go then. Wendy, thank you so much from Elgin. A refuge is a lovely word. Visions of safety come to mind. It's all so a person, the Son of God. He's promised to tend me and protect in time of trouble. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my strength and stay. A shelter in the storms of life. How grateful am I for a person to run to with strong arms to lift. How lovely. How lovely <laughs> so, indeed. How lovely is that? I know. And it so stays in my mind, having heard it. And uh, just that, that how lovely. It's just so heartfelt and, and so clear. Because I think some people think that because of the poetry they learned at school, poetry has to be terribly not understandable. <laughs> in order mm. to be poetry and in fact quite the opposite i thought that was gorgeous yeah i loved what you said just before that one about how prayer is not saying lies to god is that how you phrased it yes i think i i nicked that off somebody else but <laughs> yeah that's what i yeah. said because it was actually <clears throat> something that i was going to mention in in the just life that we did in preparation for this is I was at a really wonderful conference here in Cambridge a few weeks ago on Tolkien and Owen Barfield. Mm. And and obviously, speaking about Tolkien, his uh, dialogue with, with Lewis before Lewis was a Christian came up and how Lewis had said that 
um, poetry was breathing lies through silver and how mm. then that uh, inspired Tolkien to to write his um his essay that that kind of refutes that was yeah. poem that refutes that but then somebody brought up a quote um thinking that that everyone would agree with them and i don't think they did mm-hmm. and it was he said i can't remember who it was who said it but it was he said all light all sorry all art lies but it points to the truth and i thought that's, mm, that's not no right. i don't agree with that <laughs> Not at all. I think it's much simpler than that. Uh, it's, it's well, maybe if we're struggling to speak the truth, you know, we never quite get the whole truth because that belongs to God alone. But I think sincerity and authenticity are the first, they are the prerequisite of writing. And I think the first two poems we've just heard there absolutely exemplify that. In fact, what I love about it is that when you hear poetry that's that's good, it's you hear someone else's heart, and that's a real privilege. And you make your heart vulnerable in order to share your words, and you you bless people by doing that. And in fact, vulnerability is very much this theme, uh, the theme of today, because Saint Faustina in. Uh, sharing with the world about the divine mercy as Christ asked her to do in this really special way, you know, really revealed the vulnerable heart of Christ who's so desperate for us to receive uh, what he wants to give us. Mm. And that vulnerability is all, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Forgive me. I woke up at four this morning. (laughs) I was writing till seven because I couldn't sleep. So I'm a bit hoarse. Um, Not that I normally get up at four. That's that would be the work of virtuous monks. But uh, uh, just to excuse my voice there. But to to move into the theme of Saint Faustina, whose memorial it is today. I have been reading her notebook in preparation, which is a good like six hundred pages of amazing. A prayer journal and the things that she felt she received from Christ. And there's a really interesting quote in there where she heard Satan complaining that uh, she was writing it all down. She's writing it all down. We're going to lose so many souls. And I thought that was a wonderful testimony to the power of writing and sharing what you've heard from God. So can I can I give a little quote from yes, the, the diary now? Okay, I think this is really encouraging, especially in the light of the poems to come, because the theme being refuge, uh, you know, there are some difficult themes that we have to cope with. So this is what she heard from the Lord. Listen, my daughter, although all the works that come into being by my will are exposed to great sufferings, consider whether any of them has been subject to greater difficulties than the work which is directly mine, the work of redemption. You should not worry too much about adversities. The world is not as powerful as it seems to be. Its strength is strictly limited. Know, my daughter, that if your soul is filled with the fire of my pure love, then all difficulties dissipate like fog before the sun's rays and dare not touch the soul. All adversaries are afraid to start a quarrel with such a soul because they sense that it is stronger than the whole world. Mm. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it is. And so, yeah, <clears throat> these these conversations with Christ, where they sort of put your struggles in relation to his, are... Um... Helpful. <laughs> yeah. But also saying that a soul that's been purified by love 
is stronger than the whole world. I mean, that's an amazing thing to say. And in a way, that's the whole value of finding the kingdom of God within, isn't it? Because we can be really concerned, I guess, about a whole bunch of things from nuclear war to the world being taken over by artificial intelligence or destroyed by famine and flood. But what the Lord tells us is be not afraid because one pure soul is stronger than the whole world. And Mm. I think when I read St. Faustina's diary, what amazes me the most is this incredible, incredible intimate dialogue between one soul and her Lord, and that God wants that dialogue with each one of us. It's incredible. Mm. And that that's the most important thing. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And it's a place for poetry to definitely flow from. Um, Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So um, another um, listener uh, called Jim, Jim Hamilton, um, he decided that he'd respond to the challenge as well. And he wasn't feeling too hopeful at the time. But what he said was, and I'm I'm going to read his poem because he's at work um, and he hasn't had time to do a voice message, is that he was feeling really down, but he wrote the poem and he said, I was actively deciding for hope as I wrote. Mm -hmm. And he said, we are absolute rulers of our hope and persuading us to give up that will is old Nick's favorite trick. <laughs> so that was his this text that came with the poem to me. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's written the following. When shock betrayals come thick and fast and all around are more snakes than grass, my broken heart writes no bright songs when there seems no remedy for wrongs. Ah, my God, in unapproachable light, there is no dark can mar your might. Think on us who dwell in fear of what awaits our future here. I know the plans I have for you. The prophet's words, I pray, ring true. Plans for good and not for ill. I will bless your future still. My choice lies bare. To take or leave, to trust, be still, or choose to grieve. Darkness fades, light will endure. I fly to the heart of love, most pure. Well done, Jim. Yes, go, Jim. <laughs> yeah. This is the this is Jim, the novelist. Mm. Yeah. Jim, in fact, has been on your show, hasn't he? He, has. he was discussing with a fellow South African the <laughs> um, the landscape of his fantasy novel, I believe. Yes. Yeah, and I was able to meet him in person at the um, Pro-Life March in London a few weeks ago. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, well, and there's a struggle that feels like it's, you know, almost impossible to imagine defeating that spirit of destruction and human sacrifice that's beset human beings since uh, shortly after the fall. but what I loved about Jim's poem and its, its uh, simplicity and its form that was so lovely and clear is that you could see he himself was journeying in hope through writing his poem. And he said that by writing it, he then felt better. So that is an example of writing as a spiritual practice, if you like. It, there's more hope inside of us sometimes than we know. And we set our will to find it through our pen, you know? Yeah. And I think a, a thing that I really love about about sharing poetry, writing poetry, sharing it, is that it it invites a person into an experience that you are having or have had. Um, yeah. So that there's, and I think that that's what, that can complement prayer in a very 
profound way as well. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, I am um, I'm very blessed that I have uh, access to two homes. I live in two beautiful Christian communities, families, one in Walsingham and one in London. And I bob between the two sets of friends uh, who kindly house a, a vagrant bard, uh, depending on what work I have. And in Hounslow, my lovely friend Sally and Hamad, Hamad is a Christian Pakistani, and he is a, uh, a worship leader as well. He sings and writes the most beautiful songs. Now, therefore, at breakfast time, I hear a lot about the way Christians are persecuted uh, in Pakistan. And I hear that nearly every day. And I'm glad I do, because that experience is something that we all need to take on board, don't we, as much as we can into our prayer. Uh, people who are really, really suffering. Now, all of your listeners will know that recently, 22 churches and 91 homes were burnt to the ground mm. by um, radicals out there in Pakistan. And that the, the, the Christians out there are constantly entangled and being set up to look as though they are committing blasphemy when they aren't. And then they're taken into custody, tortured and worse. So what I wanted to share when I sent out my uh, plea for, uh, we sent out our plea for Songs on Refuge, was I wanted to share this song of Hamad's, which he wrote in response to um, these tragedies. He wrote it and is singing it, we'll hear him singing in Urdu, uh, written by uh, his friend Khalid Emmanuel. And it's called, uh, the words by Khalid, Resilience of the Spirit, a Song of Lament. <clears throat> but the reason why I think it's really relevant to our theme of mercy today is because he's, uh, I'm going to read uh, some of the words in English before you hear about half the song. You can hear it on YouTube afterwards in full. Um, it's the response of the Christian community to the destruction that is wreaked upon them because it's one thing to you know forgive your housemates you know not saying thank you for emptying the dishwasher and then there's another for you know people burning down your house and you know abducting your daughters so anyway here um, are the lyrics of the first uh, half of the song you can burn a million bodies but you can't burn the spirit we have been nurtured in the light you can't extinguish the light you shoot arrows of hatred, we sing songs of love. You hurt the body and soul, we share moments of comfort. We have been nurtured in the light. You can't extinguish the light. In a moment, you turn happy homes into piles of ashes. You trample the living and put them to death. We die, but then we rise. So... um I would love for the listeners mm. to hear that song on Hamad's channel, Hamad Bailey. Have we got that queued yes, up, here Tim? It is, yeah. Fantastic. Jalao, 
तुम लाके जलाओ जिसमों को रूहों को जलाना पागोगे हम नूरी में पलने वाले हैं हम नूरी में पलने वाले हैं तुम जलाओ जिसमों को तुम तीर चलाओ नफरत के हम छेड़े नगमे चाहत के तुम तीर चलाओ नफरत के हम छेड़े नगमे चाहत के तुम जिस I just love to hear Hamad sing, and there's so much soul and passion in how he sings. He sings uh, the Psalms as well in that same kind of a way, and um, in Urdu and in English. And yeah, we, we sometimes forget that the Psalms are songs and poems. Mm. Um, so, I, and I really encourage people to write their own Psalms. In fact, I have a lovely friend called Sarah Larkin who's written the beautiful book called Psalm Readings, and you can purchase it online, I'm sure. And she has created a resource so that you can easily kind of write your own psalms, uh, just to get a sense of praying in a psalm structure. It's really beautiful. So mm. I'd encourage people to try that. So <clears throat> um, I wanted to have a, another moment from St. Faustina's uh, diary. And it's actually a quote of something that she felt the Lord saying to her heart, which reflects what, what we've been saying. The Lord said to her, when you reflect upon what I tell you in the depths of your heart, you profit more than if you had read many books. Oh, if souls would only want to listen to my voice when I'm speaking in the depths of their hearts, they would reach the peak of holiness in a short time. And I thought that was... Well, that was that was definitely <laughs> written to my heart as well, because I do love to read lots of books. But to sit quietly and listen, I sometimes find that writing is is the best way to listen, really. So um, another lovely poem that came in uh, as a response to our uh, challenge was from Jane Hicks, who works in TV research, actually. And uh, she also sent in her poem, I think, on a voice note. And she also loves to listen to podcasts like the Abiding Together podcast. And, and you can see that there's so much uh, grace and light and also struggle in, in her interior musings. And I thought her poem was just gorgeous. So have we got that one yes, ready to go? we're ready to go. Here it is. So this is Jane Higgs. Thank you, Jane, for sending this in and sharing your heart. 
Refuge by Jane Hicks There is a place you can come away from the storm that breaks and batters on and on. Within you, I am here in the harbour of your soul, a flame of love felt in the clefts of the rocks, a lighthouse leading you home. There is a place that is hidden, a spring, a pearl, a treasure, where no one can measure. Success and failure are closely wed, where grace abounds, giving rich new intel, an intimacy that impregnates, with never-seen-before inspirations, ideas, a collaboration that gestates, matures, stretches out. There is a place like a mother's gaze, understood in the silence, lovingly guiding through uncharted waters. There is a place with a daily invitation, an open door, pull up a chair, a conversation. There's a place, an oasis, you are immersed, words that bring hydration and restitution, dialogue delivering you from stagnancy and doubt. There is a place where all things are woven together. The result is always something radically new and better. So never say never from what springs from the tongue has power. And it can move a mountain with your yes. Even from a mustard seed covered in ash. From this place, the possibilities are vast. In delighting and adoring, there is restoration. The authentic self is unmasked, a place of freedom and safety at last. Ah, that's just gorgeous. Do you know, it's just so beautiful when people read their own work. I feel so invited in to share that place. I just want to run away and go to adoration when I hear that. It's just absolutely gorgeous. Mm. Uh, There's so many beautiful things there. She does have a very wonderful way of reading as well, that she does mm. kind of draw you into that that closeness. It's... I particularly lo- love the line about success and failure being closely wed, because I know I can always get so into, oh, have I done well? Have I not done well? Did I do that right? Did I not do that right? But <laughs> the poem is all about finding that place of peace uh, where everything is woven together by grace. So, I mean, that's a, all of these poems are poems I'll just return to, you know, to to be nourished in my faith, which is what this is all about. So have, I believe we've got a caller. Hooray. We this do is indeed. exciting. Yes. Radio Marie, hello. Hello. Hi. You're hello. on air. Hello. <laughs> this is um, Justin, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Justin, where are you calling from? Well, I'm calling from North Norfolk. I'm from Walsingham, actually. Oh, excellent. Very good. <laughs> In fact, I'm calling from Sarah's house. yes exactly uh, there's no friends uh, like your own friends (laughs) yes indeed justin has responded to this challenge mightily and uh i was so happy when this um 
poem was brought up the stairs to my little attic. And uh, nice. Justin, I'm excited to, to, to hear you read it because as you read beautifully. And um, can we just ask what, 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 what went into your mind before you wrote it? Because we talked about Jim was thinking about, I really must be hopeful. Or did you just think, I must write a poem? <laughs> Uh, I just it came quite quickly. I just was trying to listen and ponder things that have been sort of going through my head and conversations locally with other Catholics and clergy and just sort of uh, pondering the age and obviously, you know, refuge. What does that mean now um, in terms of mm. um, at this point in time and with all that's going on in the world and you know, the sort of the anxieties of the press and, and, um, and the public and, and, you know, so it's, um, it's, I suppose it's, it's ref, ref, reflecting on that word at this moment in time rather than a sort of isolated sense of refuge sort of um, as a, as a philosoph philosophical place, but also mm. trying to marry up the two. So really that was the, 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 the thing. Fantastic. Kind of, yeah, no, that's great. Um, I mean, that's the joy of poetry is how particular it is to the time and the person. So, yeah, let's hear it. That'll be great. Okay. Thank you. Refuge. Refuge refers to what exactly? Return, reside, refrain, a place secure from rain and tide and all the inclemency of man angled against our safest places, laws and injustice hand in hand on misery to life, the burden of our age and view, uncloistered in this godless time. Mm. The narrowness of modernness has no space of centuries to show a light to our hope. We are refused, reclined, resigned to a consensus without a history. My feelings have no fact, but swell and loathing to steer the soul. At a point like this, the poet turns a corner in his words to lead away from despair, out through Orphaic paths and up across to living land. Unless we look back when the last Sounds. The mercy of love is the anchor. Should we seek first the refuge of heaven? Mm. Then all is home, and all our friends, and all our story, a simple thread that leads from the maze and minotaur, and the only fear is the scissor strength of the weakness of our resolve. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yes, I, I dare. I'd forgotten the ending. That was just great. The fear of the weakness of our resolve. Wow. Justin, I loved, um, I, I just loved, I just loved that sense of, uh, of, of journey you make through the poem. How did you feel when you'd finished it? Um, I felt like a man who was thankful in the same way that one should be thankful when a dishwasher gets put away, you know. <laughs> That's course, great. One's feelings don't always marry up to one's actions. <laughs> the joy of resolve. Do you know one thing? Um, one thing you had this really good line about consensus, uh, uh, something like a consensus without a history or something like that. That sense yeah. of like our contemporary culture being kind of torn up by the roots and not having anything to anchor itself on, and then mercy. Uh, was it mercy or refuge being the anchor? I can't the remember. The mercy but it's, of it's, love is the anchor. Should we the mercy of love the is the anchor. 
Yeah, and that that and that and I loved all that that part you said about then all is home. Is that what you said? That was gorgeous. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I suppose it, the idea of trying to find or found along the way of writing it was that uh, that um, with seeking first the refuge of heaven, in other words, putting things in their right order, uh, then yeah. all from that, and basically the universe is at home, so to speak. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> And and I, I we uh, often hear about you know the family and the home is where everything begins and but seeking the order of heaven I like that uh, actually that's quite a Confucian idea isn't it but um, but then we can ha find a refuge against the great forces from without and reroute things in that in that homefulness yeah it's, it's a wonderful poem so I hope I get to see it again thank you we should we should find a way Tim to get these onto if people want to put them on the uh, uh, Radio Maria website, or yeah. perhaps if they can't, we can put them on my website and people can come and read them again because they're all really worth hearing. <laughs> you would be Justin, thank you so yeah. much for doing that. It, thank it's, you, it's a great conversation piece. Another good reason to write poetry is you just see how much is going on in people's minds that you might not always notice, you know, as we're rushing about doing things. So thank you. Thank you for having me on the program. Yeah, thank you, Justin. That was great. Um, so, Tim, have we had any other callers? Um, not just oh. yet. You are expecting someone, are you not? Yes, we are. Yes, we've heard that other people are going to call. But um, I know that we also have um, a lovely song, actually, from a priest um, who uh, is called Father Martin Plunkett. And he he said that uh, uh, he has a wonderful story because he basically was in a band, a rock band before he uh, came back to the faith. And he was walking through Brixton station one day, literally the day before going on a world tour. And <clears throat> he heard a street preacher calling out, what are you doing with your life? And uh, he thought, <clears throat> yeah, what am I doing with my life? And uh, yeah. And so I think he went to talk to the street preacher and, gave his life to the Lord and now he's a Catholic priest and his singing um, helps him you know process his prayer and it is a form of prayer and often after mass he will sing a new song to his congregation and in fact so I got this one off the live stream of his parish church which is St Thomas More in Eastcote and you can hear all of some uh, Father Martin's songs that he sings very lovingly to his um, parishioners Right. after mass yeah. which is gorgeous so this one he said oh you've got a poetry challenge and a song challenge Sarah right here's this one this is about mercy and um I think it's called in your hands yeah it's yeah, it's really lovely it's here it is and so day by day as I learn to pray you are teaching me to say I'm in your hands, Lord I'm in your hands Nothing can take me away from you When trials come to stand low now I know I'm in your hands 
Lovely voice. I know, it's gorgeous, isn't it? And I he, know. he does this um, at the end of Mass. Or... Yes, <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> That's St. Thomas More Parish in Eastcote near Pinner. And in fact, um, Father Martin has been really supportive of my passion for encouraging other people's creativity. And he has housed my library of books for artists right. on prayer okay. and art and the spiritual life. Um because I had too many books to fit in my room. Yeah. So, and indeed, he's, we have permission from the bishop to have a tabernacle there. That's amazing. So yeah. that people can pray about their spiritual, creative life. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. It's a pity we don't have him um, uh, calling in and telling us about how um, art and faith and prayer sort of have, have been influential in his well in his life i think he priest. would make a good credo program <laughs> don't you <laughs> i, I have so. mentioned it to him once or twice but maybe a phone call from you tim sure well if he's listening yeah. shall i give him the number in case he wants to call in it's i'll give you his number <laughs> right okay um you have a caller shall, we, shall we put it straight on Ray yes, Ray, hello fantastic hello hi you're on air oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's Shan, isn't it? It is, it's Shan. And where yes. are you calling from? I'm calling from Marlow in Buckinghamshire. Lovely. And um, you have a poem for us. Yes, um, uh, I've been on a couple of Sarah's courses, which have been always very nourishing and inspiring, and um, as well as other people's courses, but uh, particularly because Sarah then, you know, also encourages us to integrate our faith into poetry. Yeah. And um, it's National Poetry Day, and the topic was refuge. And so I thought, I, I've got to sit down and do something. I felt uninspired, but I've, I, I've also been particularly moved by going to see Ken Loach's film um, on about refugees. Okay. So that was sort of pushing around a bit in my head. Mm. And so I wrote a poem. <laughs> Wonderful. Are you going to Are you going to leave us in suspense, or are you going to? <laughs> well, I, I'll read it now if you like. I'll yeah. Context. Um, Beautiful. 
Okay, it's called um, God's Refugee Program. Mm. No hotel, this. You invite me to your home, a palace, glorious, unparalleled in this world. No hotel, this. No temporary here. It's an invitation you deliver by hand to the front door of my heart. Ordinary, unprepared, paint peeling, rust on the knocker, the bell not working, ingrained dust on the mat. No time to tidy or clean up or even strength and will to do it. But I want to offer you slippers of gold. But I cannot. I do not own them so you can come in and not touch the dirt of my carpet. But you knock again, gently. I open the door, chain still on. You speak. I take the chain off. I have to see your face. And when I do, I see no trace of anger, irritation disgust or death mask, but life, interest, tenderness, curiosity, no tick list in hand, just an invitation with my name on it to come. My defenses tremble. You hand me the invite, and as I read it, tears slip. Hmm. I invite you in, and the carpet on my floor, now no longer threadbare, is a river of deep red. I scarce can take it in that the Son of God would want me to come, would want to come to my abode and give me an invita open invitation to come to his at any time. I thank and worship, and as I do, I discover I am the one who has been given slippers of gold. Oh, <laughs> oh wonderful. I really, yeah, that's, I really like the, um, the just two words that jumped out at me where you said tears slip. Because mm. um, there's so many ways that you can talk about tears falling, uh, or, you know, and just it, that tears slip. Was very yeah. beautiful. The whole thing was like a, a film. You know, you mentioned that you'd been to see Ken Loach's film, which I'd really like to see. And... Um, he is a an, an artist who awakens the heart. But mm. I, as, as Tim said, you know, tears slip. That whole poem just flowed like a river from your heart. I could see every scene. Um, it, I, I, where, it's like tears in my eyes <laughs> listening to that. It's beautiful, Shan. Beautiful. So personal. Just like what we've been talking about with St. Faustina. Amazing. Mm. Yeah, thank you, Shan. Yeah, well, thank you very much. I've never read a poem on radio before, so that's a first. <laughs> National Poetry Day is the day to do it. Absolutely. Do it. <laughs> Shan, can you tell us anything about any other types of art you do and ways ways you pray using different kinds of art? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not a... Uh, no, I don't teach courses on different ways to pray, but one of my favourite ways of, of, of praying is walking. Um, oh. And I just find being in nature... And, and meditating on uh, you know uh, things that I know about God and on Him, and on the creation, I find that a very I find that it's my place of med great great meditation. That's yeah. how um, I'm, I'm built. And and then of course just privately reading the Word, but outside in nature, um, contemplating and and a great deal of quietness and stillness. Sometimes just in that um, sense of presence, where you're not even asking anything. So. Yes. Um, yeah, I've I've just got this image of you, of of of, of Jesus peering over the chain of your door, 
really <laughs> deciding whether you'll like unlatch it or not. It's just, it's just brilliant. I, again, I really want to see the whole thing again. Thank you so much, Shan. That was Thank you. Thank you very gorgeous. much. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, Shan. God bless you. I just want to tell uh, the dear listener that um, if you're wondering why are we doing all this poetry and, and talking about these things, it's because um, today's National Poetry Day and Sarah de Nordwell, who's our guest on today's Credo program, is demonstrating to us how um, poetry can deepen our faith and help us in prayer. And um, and we also obviously have in mind uh, the theme of National Poetry Day, which is refuge. And people have been encouraged to write poems about refuge and they've sent them in and we've been reading them. And also, we remembering that today is a memorial day. Um, it's the memorial of Saint Faustina, who yeah. um, reminded <clears throat> us to take refuge in the mercy of God. So, yes. and also, I guess Chris, uh, Chris, I was uh, just listening to a poem of Chris's earlier, but we don't have time, unfortunately, to hear that. But um, we must think about the uh, feast on Saturday of the Rosary of Our Lady of the Rosary, because. I find that if I want to meditate on the rosary um, in a way that takes me a bit deeper than usual, I will sit down and I will put myself like in an Ignatian fashion into that mystery with pen in hand and I will choose one of the characters Mm. and be that character and I'll be looking and seeing and hearing and experiencing the mystery from the inside and that, that really helps me to to pray so if people want to try that and and prepare for this wonderful feast um and of course you have um the great worldwide rosary um coming from the rosary shrine in london That's on right. saturday yes thank you for mentioning that yes <laughs> <laughs> but you have to su- sign up or register how does that work tim i haven't so, done it yet so you right. don't have to tell oh. me so what you need to do is uh go on to radiomariaengland.uk and um, there will be a little uh, tab there called events. And if you click on that, then it will take you to the um, worldwide rosary event, which is in London on Saturday at three o'clock at the Rosary Shrine. So that should be easy to remember. And then there's a little tab that says register. It's not anything that you have to pay for. And if you forget to register, you can still come. But it just helps us know how many people are coming and, um, so they're all going to come to London for it. Yeah. And if you can't make it to London, please do tune in because we're going to have every single Radio Maria channel in the world. All the different Radio Marias are going to be listening oh. to, to Radio Maria England as we pray the rosary in various languages. Um, okay. One of them being Ukrainian, one of them being Igbo, as far as I know. We'll, oh, wow. all, we'll all respond in English, but... Um, that's yep. fantastic. Well, we'll just make better make sure we do that then. And, you know, for those listeners who aren't Catholic, the rosary, of course, is like um, 20 little windows onto different pieces of our salvation history. Mm-hmm. And we we look through the eyes of, of Mary, um, who was given the deepest access that any human has been given to the heart of God and through that mystery of what God can do with the human person. We we come along with her into the heart of Jesus. So it's just a great mystery that keeps unfolding. Hmm. Tim, have we got time for one more poem and one more song? I think, do you think? we do. Yeah, we, 
criterion? Okay, so um, we mentioned before that poetry and writing can make us feel a bit vulnerable. And in fact, I'm receiving texts saying things like, oh, they were so brave to read their poems on air, you know, and yes, they are. It is brave to share your words because it's such an intimate thing. So I wanted to finish with a poem uh, that's called Poet, actually, that reflects on um, the vocation, perhaps, uh, of, of a poet. But also because God is the great poet, and we are described in Greek in the Bible as the poema of God, the mm. masterpiece, the creation, the poem of God by St. Paul, I think. And so God is the great poet, really. And that vulnerability uh, at the heart of the, the Christian calling and at the heart of God's opening to us so that we have access to him is really, really delicate, sensitive and intimate and requires, I think, the artistic mode very often to re-enter contemplative uh, thought. Well, it does for me, really, because otherwise I'm just dashing about. But anyway, this poem um, is called Poet, and it came to me, actually, after I'd been to Tyburn, uh, Tyburn Convent and <clears throat> I'd been kneeling on the pavement and you can kiss the place where well, I mean, you can if you want to, I did, uh, uh, where the martyrs were hung, drawn and quartered. And what's interesting is that when you do that, other people come along and kneel down next to you and kiss the ground as well. And they'll think, ask, what are you doing? Who <laughs> starts a conversation. Anyway, so this poem is in two parts and it's called Poet. And I'm glad that uh, Shan mentioned about Ken Loach because these beautiful films about the vulnerable are so important for us to deeply pay attention to because when we break our own hearts that's when we provide shelter for others poet think of her as one who was faithful to a calling that she barely understood as one who headed out for a horizon for which she held no map Remember her as one who had none of the skills required, but found it in herself to reach out and find not only consolation, but friends and fortitude, the fragrance of the joy of being that blows in over the desert, fresh from the sapphire sea. Think of her as one who withstood the onslaught, the warfare of the mind and heart, but who learnt to close her eyes in patience and discover the renewal of hope. One day, long ago, my heart was dropped on the ground. It fell with a startling shattering, but as no one heard, they walked past without a murmur. And as their shoes had thick soles, they thought the crunching sound was the innocence of snow. But years later, I returned to the place and knelt on the pavement, put my hands on the place where it fell. Oh God, it was still warm. I put my ear to the ground and everywhere I could hear them falling, the sound of the shattering, the lost soulfulness falling to earth. A homeless man asks me if I'm listening for an earthquake. I look at him. He knows. I feel it under my bare feet, he says. And thank you for warming the ground. It's why I sleep here. 
I place my forehead on the pavement, my hands in the warmth of the world's soulfulness. I wait for the words to come. Don't be afraid for me, he says. One day we shall both be raised. I put my lips to the ground and speak. Wow, this very powerful ending, that one. Thank you. It's a bit mysterious, I think, the ending. <laughs> it is, yeah. But what do you make of it? I can um, put you on the spot there, or I can think about it myself, because sometimes <laughs> you go on to the end of your own poem and you think, hmm, that's just what I wanted to say. But what was it I just said? <laughs> but I think something about putting one's lips to the ground and speaking, it's like when you come to the ground of being, I don't think you get to the ground until you've really got to the bottom of things. And that's often like, as they say in certain circles, the gift of desperation. Mm. And one thing that St. Faustina says often in her diary is that she was used to be afraid of her weakness and just she felt powerless to just do any of the things that God had asked her to do. It was just so immense. And I really recommend that you buy the diary, but it, but it is such powerful stuff. Um, and yet the Lord was always saying to her that her powerlessness was absolutely not the problem. The only problem was if she didn't trust him. And that's why at the bottom of the beautiful painting that was painted of the vision she had of Jesus, it says, Jesus, I trust in you. Trust in you. Yeah. And that's the summary of really everything that Jesus was trying to encourage us to do. And that if we, the, we were the most hardened sinners the world's ever known, we were to run, run mm. to his mercy and there would be no problem then. Sarah, I, I really love this poem. And I, the image that kind of stayed with me was that of, um, you know, listening to the to for the earthquake in it. Um, oh, yeah. I we could carry on talking about it, but we are going to run out of time, and we won't have time for your final song. Ah, oh, so well, you we can to... tell me all about the poem later, and then we can put it on my website, <laughs> sarahdenordwell.com. Please come along and send your lovely things in too. Well, yes, actually, the final song. It's um. It's a psalm. We've got to have a psalm, haven't we, yes. um, on a day about poetry and mercy. So basically, Hamad, whom you heard singing earlier, Hamad was helping me with my first CD, Lipstick is a Spiritual Experience. And I said, oh, we've got to have a song, Hamad. And he said, well, when I came to England, I was a bit nervous about everything. He was, you know, he married my friend Sally, but he was also fleeing from awful things in Pakistan. And it was, he said, when he arrived, actually, it was before he met Sally, he was here, and he took refuge in the Psalms. And uh, he said, he, he uh, said that, Yesu Meripana, Jesus, uh, you are my rock, was, um, was, was the Psalm. Psalm 18, I think, mm -hmm. was the one that he, he most loved to sing. So he and I sang uh, that Psalm together at the end of my CD. And we didn't bother translating it for the listeners mm -hmm. uh, on the CD. We just thought, well, they can enjoy what's at the heart of it. And they did. So we can finish with Jesus, you are my rock. 
Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Sarah. It's been so lovely having you on Credo and um, we hope to have you again. And we hope that our listeners have been nourished in their faith by seeing how poetry um, can do just that. And so here we're going to end with this um, piece by Sarah and Hamad. Yesu meri pana mera kila mera bachane wala Yesu meri pana mera kila mera bachane wala tu kitna azim kitna rahim jaandi mere liye tu kitna azim kitna rahim jaandi mere Kitna rahim, 